Acts 2, verses 37 through 41. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Father, we pray for a revival like this that we would hear the good news of Jesus, be cut to the heart and respond by repenting and being baptized, that we would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and that you would add names to the book of life, those who are being saved, God. Would you encourage us to celebrate the good news of Jesus today? Would you encourage us to celebrate the good news being received by those being baptized today, God? And Lord, as some of us were talking earlier in prayer, baptism is spiritual warfare. It is announcing to the world that Satan cannot have this brother, cannot have this sister. And so God, we pray that that would be heard loud and clear throughout the spiritual realm, that we belong to Jesus and nothing will snatch us from your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Pray that you would teach us and be glorified in all that we say and do today. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, what is baptism? I want to be very clear that baptism is a rite of passage. There is a a tribe in the Brazilian Amazon uh, that has a coming of age ceremony for young boys becoming men. These, these, these young boys go out to the jungle and they capture bullet ants. If you don't know, the bullet ant is known to have the most painful sting of any insect on the planet. It's not deadly, but it is the most painful sting of any insect. So these kids, they go out and they gather these bullet ants and then they sedate them by putting them into this herbal solution. And while they're sedated, these bullet ants are sewn into gloves with the stingers facing the inside. And after about an hour, that ant wakes up and he is mad. And they put the glove on the kid's hand for 10 minutes. And if he shows an ounce of pain, he fails. If he winces, if he cries out, if you can see it on his face, he does not pass the initiation. Now, there are other rites of passage ceremonies that we are familiar with. Bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, quinceañeras. These are rites of passage ceremonies that celebrate the transition of a young boy or a young girl into adulthood, into Womanhood. Now, in Western 21st century American culture, we don't have things like this. I remember as a kid just waiting until I was older. I wanted to be 13, right? Because then I'd 
no longer a kid. I'm a teenager, right? And then I wanted to be 16. And then I wanted to be 18. And then I wanted to be 21. And every year I got a little bit older, but I never felt any different. Life was never different. And now at the end of this month, I'm turning 40. (laughs) Yippee! Honestly, I don't know when I became an adult. I still don't know if I'm an adult. I'm like, I'm like, I've been married for 15 years. I've got three kids. I've graduated, you know, college. I've been in, I've had a career in ministry. And sometimes I'm like, still waiting. Like, God, when did it happen? Right? Like, when did I become a man? I don't know. See, baptism is a rite of passage for the Christian. See, many of us don't know when we got saved. We don't know when we met Jesus. Maybe you were raised in the church, or maybe it was a slow process for you, and there wasn't just one day. And you can look back and you go like, I believe, but like, when did that happen? Right? And so baptism is this rite of passage. Just like these cultural rites of passage, the entire community agrees you accomplished this thing, you are now a man, you are now a woman, and you are treated differently, you are treated accordingly. They relate to you differently because you have gone through this initiation ceremony. Baptism is that. Baptism is that rite of passage that every Christian goes through. And on the other side of the baptismal waters, the entire community of God's people goes, yes, you belong to the family of God. You have made it through the waters. You have subjected yourself to baptism. You are a believer and we are going to regard you differently. We are going to hold you accountable to being a Christian and all that that means. And so baptism is a rite of passage. It is the sign to you and to the community that that you have passed from the old life, the old self, and into a new creation in Jesus. That's what baptism is. It's a rite of passage. But that still doesn't answer, why baptism? Why does going under the water have anything to do with being accepted into the family of God? If you're not familiar with Christian culture, or you are, and you just think about it for a couple of seconds, it's weird. Why do we go into the water? What is going on there? What is it about the water that makes this ritual a declaration of faith in Jesus? Well, like so many things, we need to understand baptism in the context of the story of Scripture, the story of God's people. The Bible is the story of God's relationship with his people. And passing through water is a symbol throughout scripture of God's people passing through judgment. Okay, passing through water is a symbol of God's people passing through judgment. We have been studying the story of Noah and the flood these last several weeks. Noah is saved by God through the waters of the flood. We've been talking about this. Um, In fact, Peter, the apostle Peter, reflects on the flood story in 1 Peter 3, verse 21, when he says, baptism, which corresponds to this, corresponds to the flood, 
corresponds to God saving Noah and his family through the flood. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Peter says that the flood points forward to a time when individual believers would pass through the waters of God's judgment and into salvation. Now, this passage is incredibly misunderstood throughout culture, people throughout Christian culture. They'll look at that and they'll go, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. So baptism saves, right? You're not saved. You want to be saved? Just get dunked and you're all good. That's not true. That would mean that salvation comes by what you do rather than what God has done for you. Okay, that is called works righteousness, when salvation comes as a gift of grace because of what Jesus has done. So what's going on here? Well, baptism and the flood have to correspond some way. Peter said so. So let me ask you this. Did the water save Noah? No. What saved Noah? God saved Noah. God saved Noah, but Noah had to respond in faith by building the ark and getting on the boat. Okay, so does does the water of baptism save you? No, what saves you? God. Yeah, Jesus saved you. But we respond in faith by being baptized. So they correspond together, but we need to understand how they correspond. The water didn't save Noah. You know, we're going to go out there into the Pacific Ocean. That, the water is not going to save you. But God saves you. And we respond in faith and receive that by submitting ourselves to this rite of passage called baptism. But the flood is not the only example of God's people being saved through water. Can anyone think of another one? The, the Exodus. Yeah, so God's people were enslaved in Egypt. And God judged the Egyptians, brought them out of Egypt. Their backs are against the Red Sea. Pharaoh and his men are in hot pursuit. They've got no place to go. God parts the sea. They walk through on dry land. They get to the other side. Pharaoh's men uh, proceed after them. The waters come in and, 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 and swallow them up. And Egypt experiences the judgment but God's people walk through the waters of judgment into salvation on the other side. Okay, there's another time. They're wandering in the wilderness after this uh, exodus through the Red Sea. They're wandering in the the wilderness and God's going to bring them into the promised land. But there is a body of water between the wilderness and the promised land. It's the Jordan River. And so God tells Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And I'm going to show the people that I'm with you. And so they get up to the Jordan River and God tells the the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant to walk into the water. And when they do, the waters of the Jordan River are stopped up. They walk across on dry land. And after everyone is safely across, the waters begin flowing again. And so they, 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 they passed through the waters from obscurity in the wilderness, wandering in the wilderness, into home, into a, the promised land, into the place where God was going to prepare them to receive the kingdom of God. So now you fast forward to the New Testament and John the baptizer comes on scene. 
And he is on the other side of the Jordan from the promised land. John makes it explicitly clear. He is across the Jordan. He is on the other side of the Jordan. And all of Israel is going out to him to be baptized. They cross the Jordan to be baptized in order to cross back into the promised land as a picture of repentance, turning from their sin and anticipating the coming kingdom of God. And so they symbolically go through the waters of baptism as a sign that they are waiting for God's kingdom as God's people to come and bring judgment to the earth, but to save them. And so Jesus goes out to John to be baptized by John as a sign of him identifying with God's people. And he comes back into the land, and he starts proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come. Baptism is this rite of passage that identifies the believer as a member of God's covenant people because of the story of the Bible, because of the way God brings his people through the waters of judgment and into freedom, into salvation. Baptism points back to God's work among his people and says, yes, I identify with God's people. I identify with the people of God. I want to be a part of that. But Jesus, during his life and during his ministry, he spoke of a different kind of baptism. In Luke 12, verse 50, Jesus says, I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how great is my distress until it is accomplished. See, Jesus, during his life and ministry, referred to his coming death as a kind of baptism. Because in his death, Jesus was going to pass through God's judgment on our behalf. See, Jesus didn't just pass through the waters symbolically to associate with the people of God. He passed through death in order to accomplish salvation for the people of God. See, the judgment of God that is poured out on sin was received by Jesus on the cross. He died and he was buried, but then on the third day, he rose again and left our sin in the tomb so that we could, in Christ, pass through judgment unscathed and into salvation on the other side. And so the Apostle Paul picks up on this idea in Romans 6, verses 3 through 4, when he says, Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. See, while things like the flood and the Red Sea point forward to a time when, the, when the, 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 the baptisms that we would experience in water, our water baptisms point back to our union with Christ in his death and resurrection. Paul says, do you not know that you were baptized into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so when someone goes under the water in baptism, it's a picture of them dying with Christ, being buried with Christ. And when they're pulled up out of the water, it's a picture of them being raised to the newness of life with 
Jesus. It puts on display in the act of baptism. The act of baptism puts on display the gospel of Jesus. See, our sin will be judged. Our sin is already judged, Scripture says. And we will stand before God and give an account for all of our sin. And those who are in Christ will be able to say, my sin has already been judged in Jesus. And those who are apart from Christ will have to say, absolutely nothing. We will not be able to give an account. We'll not be able to stand in the judgment. And so baptism is a picture of when, when, my, when sin was judged in Jesus, my sin was with him. And when he raised from the dead, my sin stayed in the grave. It is only by the blood of Jesus that I should ever be welcomed into the kingdom of God. Baptism for a believer is a rite of passage, celebrating the transfer of that believer from sin and death into life with God because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. That's what we're celebrating today. We have more than a, a dozen reasons to celebrate men and women who can testify that they have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the beloved son. And it's not too late to add more. But that raises the question, who should be baptized? See, baptism, we said, it, baptism doesn't save. Okay, it's not a get out of jail free card. Um, it's not for those who just partied a little too hard last night and just want, you know, a clean start, want to, you know, atone for some sin. Like if I do this, then God will think better of me. Apart from faith, that's not going to work. But scripture is clear that every believer is commanded to be baptized. When those listening to Peter's sermon in Acts 2 responded, what must we do? Peter responds, repent and be baptized. Repent means to turn from your sin. I am walking toward my sin and now I'm turning around and I'm pursuing Jesus. I'm walking away from my sin and I'm pursuing righteousness in Christ. And to be baptized means to pass through the water from death to life, to pass through judgment, to be dunked. Baptism just means to be immersed. You just, you, you just dunked. And it's a sign that you not only believe that Jesus has died for your sins, but that you desire to live a life of repentance, a life that glorifies God, a life that is dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus. And so if you are here and you've never been baptized, now is your chance. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, if you believe that he died on the cross to save you from your sins, and you believe that you want to live a life that glorifies Jesus, then there is nothing to stop you from being baptized. Absolutely nothing. But many will make excuses. Oh, I just wish I had more understanding. What did Noah understand about God before he built the boat? We don't know. He certainly didn't know that Jesus was going to die for his sins. If you know that, you got a leg up on Noah. What's to stop you from passing through the waters of judgment and into eternal life? You can spend your entire life growing in your knowledge of Jesus. You don't need to be rebaptized anytime you learn something new. Some people will say, I'm undeserving because of the sin in my life. 
Yeah, you are. And he gives it to you anyway because he loves you and you're saved by grace, not by what you have done or what you haven't done. Some people will respond and say, well, I'm unprepared, right? I didn't bring a change of clothes. Good news, we got you covered. Or my family's not here. My friends aren't here. We're literally celebrating you becoming a member of the family of God. Your family is here. Your spiritual family is here. And we'll celebrate you together. It reminds me of, I believe it's Acts chapter 8. Philip the evangelist meets the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch who is on his way in, in service of the, the queen. And he's reading the book of Isaiah. And he doesn't understand what he's reading. And so Philip comes and explains to him what he's reading, explains that Jesus is the fulfillment of everything God's people have been waiting for, that he is the Savior, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Lord. And the Ethiopian, that's all he understands. Jesus is Lord. He died for my sins. He didn't have time to, you know, live a life of, of repentance and prove that he was you know, a a disciple. He was totally apart from his community. He wasn't in Ethiopia. He was, you know, he was elsewhere. And he sees water and he says, what's to stop me from being baptized? And Philip says, absolutely nothing. And they baptize him. What's to stop you from being baptized? You believe that Jesus is Lord, that he died for your sins, that you want to live a life that honors him. What's to stop you from being baptized today? For many, it's fear. What are people going to think about me? What are people going to see if they, if they see me on the beach with all these other Jesus freaks? Like, what, what's going to happen? What's, what are they going to think of me? Some of you might be afraid of that your life is going to change, that you're going to be baptized, and God is going to change your life in a way that you hadn't anticipated, and maybe you don't want. I'm not going to say that's not going to happen. That's part of being the family of God. He is our father and we follow him. He knows what's good for us and what's best for us. And that can be scary. Okay? It scares me all the time when I have to wrestle with my own frailty, my own weakness, my own health, my family's safety. Every time God leads me to a point where he makes me say, Jesus, I trust you with this. And it's a fight and I'm afraid. And every time I do, because these lies that I believe that God's just looking for reasons to make me suffer, it's a lie. And I say, God, I trust you. And then I'm just like waiting for my phone to ring with bad news. I know that fear. I know that what if I do this and something changes that I don't, that I don't like? I, I know that. But more significant is the fear of what if my life doesn't change? What if your life doesn't change? What if you continue on the trajectory that you're on, whether in self-righteousness or or complete lawlessness and, and sin? What if your life doesn't change? As much as you've been trying to change your behavior, as much as you've been trying to change your attitude, as much as you've been trying to make yourself clean enough Make yourself good enough. And you know the sin. You know the shame. You know the failure. Better to be afraid of what if your life doesn't change than what if it does. 
because I guarantee you it will. Shame will be replaced with honor. Darkness with light. Hate with love. Fear with courage. As your life becomes more and more immersed, baptized into the character of God, and you learn to live in light of what he has done for you, your life will change. Thank God. Because when left to our own devices, the trajectory we're on is not pleasant and it does not end well. And so if you have trusted in Jesus but have never been baptized or you didn't choose for yourself to be baptized, today's the day. And if you've never trusted in Jesus, then today's the day to trust in Jesus, to receive the forgiveness of your sins, to recognize that he has passed through judgment on your behalf. And he invites you to receive the life that he has purchased for you. I want to invite the worship team uh, to come up who's going to lead us in, in just a couple of songs. It's going to be an abbreviated worship set. So for those of you who normally wait to the third song to come up and take the Lord's Supper, the bread and the cup, I just want to give you a fair warning. It's going to be a shorter set up here. But we do want to respond to God in this time. And maybe you're on the fence about baptism. Today's the day to make that decision. And to be baptized today. Maybe if you haven't believed in Jesus, then today's the day to reckon with these things, wrestle with these things, and recognize that Jesus has gone through death on your behalf so that you could have eternal life to his glory. We're going to worship. I'll come back up and close us. And then we're going to walk together out to the beach. Look, whether you're a believer or not, come out and experience what Jesus has done in the lives of these brothers and sisters. And let's give him all the glory. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would right now, for those of us who have been baptized, remind us, God, that we are yours, and that you are leading us into life. For those who are being baptized today, God, fill them with such joy and courage. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. God, for those who don't know you, pray that they would. For those who are going to be on the beach watching all this happen and going, what in the world are those weird people doing? I pray that they would be drawn in through curiosity just how beautiful you are. God, be exalted be exalted in this town, be exalted in our minds and hearts. Stir us up to celebrate you now in Jesus' name.